Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. We are about halfway through the winter season, and I feel the day of reckoning has come for many of these shows that we've been watching. At least for me, I know I've cut a few. I don't know if some of the ones that we're currently going to talk about are going to make it to the next episode, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. there, there's still some good stuff going, though, which we'll get to. So, uh, you know, we'll talk about all that. And, uh, yeah, so let's just introduce everybody and get into it, because we have quite a few things to talk about. Uh, I'm Jell. I am joined by Iroh. I'm not dead yet. Still with us. We're joined by G. What's good, everybody? And this episode, we're joined by Zig. Yep, I'm here, ready to talk. All right. So, so yeah, like I said, I, I feel like this may be the last hurrah for some of these shows. <laughs> uh, some of the ones I cut were like Tartensia Saga. Uh, right, right. To be fair, I, I think that... Team. I think that we've carried more shows to this point this season than we have in quite a while, to be it's honest. Been, it's been a while, I think, since we've had this many, so I mean... Yeah, yeah. but so, I, I do feel like, you know, just like the obligation chocolate you give out to the male <clears throat> classmates you don't uh-huh. care about, I feel like some of the shows on this list are here <laughs> out of, like, pure momentum and not really yes. anything else. <laughs> the the so, geary, geary other side picnic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll we'll talk about that for sure. And yes, that I mean, by the time this goes out, it will no longer be Valentine's Day, but we are recording on Valentine's Day. If uh, just to make sure yep, that joke we all makes, have time stays. to record on Valentine's Day, folks. Yes. Hey, well, look, stay I'm, inside, everybody. Look, okay? yeah, stay look, at home. I did not. I did not want to make fun of ourselves or our audience <laughs> by implying that we have nothing better to Fair do enough. on Valentine's Day. But uh, Here's your Geary podcast. You know, hey, even even if even if uh, you do have a special someone, you know, it's COVID times. Stay safe out there. I'll just throw that out. Maybe but, introduce them to us, your 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 podcast friends. Uh, Don't do that. That would be weird. Yeah, I've, I, I'm not gonna leave that. I'm sorry, one I, I I meant in the sense of let's get more viewers on the podcast. Oh yes, that, not that's we're right. going to come yeah. and steal yeah. your special friend. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was I was I was gonna let Eero drown in that. Bed. Yeah, that, I was. I caught myself. Just let that one. We, I caught we myself. Gave, we gave you fall enough rope. like a lead balloon. Uh-huh. Hey, we gave uh, you yeah. enough gave rope. Gave me enough rope, one. and I did not tie it around my neck. That, well, there you go, Iroh coming to steal your girl. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, let's talk about. We have a lot of anime to talk about, uh, and I wanted to start off before we get into our normal TV anime. I wanted to mention uh, the the Given movie uh-huh. came out since our last podcast. Uh, pretty cool that we're seeing more anime movies get official streaming releases. Yes. Because uh, I, I think we've discussed in the past how sometimes anime movies get forgotten by Western fandom because there's no, like... Easy way to get them, yeah. Right. No, you, like, you either have to buy it, which, you know, I don't like to buy thing movies that I haven't seen, uh, you know, yeah, that kind of it, thing. It, it's yeah. a tough ask to buy something completely blind. Or you have to get it through other means, which not everybody cares to do. So, um... Yes. I, I have liked that trend, and yes, Crunchyroll did release the movie officially for streaming, uh, uh-huh. like the day after the last podcast aired or something. Sure. And so, just to recap, everybody, what Given is uh, that our, was yeah, our number four anime of twenty nineteen. Yes, uh, that was, uh, it was. It's originally a boys love manga that was uh, adapted to a TV show about a year and a half ago. Uh, uh, me and Artemis watched it. We both loved it. Um, and 
I, it, it's about just because I, I think I'm going to have to give you the context to understand is, is, why is this the show where the, the I don't like, like the movie, but oh yeah, <laughs> the uh, no this, this is so it's it's about these four guys that start like a rock band mm-hmm. and like the two younger guys like fall in love at the end and they get together and it's right. it's very um, it's a very well balanced show. Uh, has a good sense of humor, but it also like handles the the serious parts good, and um, I like that the characters the characters are very likable and the relationships are very like natural and organic, and there's sort of like a just a very um, I don't want to say realistic but natural vibe to it, uh, which you don't always get in this genre, right? Um, if you, you know, if I feel like Typically, you know, because I'm not normally into boys' love genre, but um, in my experience, my limited experience, like, it, a lot of times they're just kind of going down a checklist of things that you have to do to qualify to be in the genre. Yeah. And, I mean, let's be fair, that's not necessarily just boys' love. That is all yeah, media, yeah, but especially but anime. Especially, I feel like, with, with boys' love and, like, some, like, Yuri anime and stuff like that, there are certain, like, yeah, yeah. checkpoints you have to reach. <laughs> And I, I wouldn't say Given totally avoids that, but but it's kind of blended in with everything else going on so that it just makes sense, right? Right, gotcha. And um, none of that applies to the movie. <laughs> so, okay, so is this like a compilation or is this like no, a sequel? No, so this is, this is a direct sequel to the TV series. Okay. And so for further context, in the band, you have the two younger guys who are like the main characters of the TV show. And... The supporting cast is the the two other band members who are like the older cool senpai guys that are like super supportive and give out good life advice uh-huh, and all uh-huh. that. So they decided to make the movie about the older senpai guys. I'm like, all right, fine, okay, that, okay, yeah, that's a choice. I, I could be sound, into that. Doesn't sound bad yet. And um, instead of like building on what they've built in the TV series, it kind of felt like I was watching somebody's real hacky fan fiction of let's oh. like let's get the two oh. side characters together even though they have no business being together pair the spares huh yeah that that sort of thing um because i i did so in the in the tv show like the the bass player guy kind of has like this one-sided crush on cool drummer guy who's like the the stoic cigarette smoking cool guy or whatever and um but they're both like really likable in the tv show and they kind of tweak their personalities a bit in the movie where like the one guy is more of like the like nervous crying wreck all the time and the other guy's like you know selfish uh you know uh aggressive asshole guy so Uh, would you say that that like caricatures their existing personality traits or is it just they kind of come at this it, out of it, nowhere. It it kind of takes it, yeah, it kind of takes it more to the, like, there was maybe a little bit of a basis that in the TV show. But like I said, in the TV show, like, we see them mostly as, like, these kind of, like, they have, like, like they have their problems, but they're mostly, they, they're, they're mature enough to where they can be supportive and, like, right. give out good advice to the younger guys, right? Yeah. And I, you don't really see that in the movie at all. Um, they kind of, it feels like they're kind of fitting more of the stereotypical boys love type characters um including uh one how should i put this there's one very uncomfortable sex scene in the movie 
Hmm. Oh, uh, where it is a movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I guess they can try. Let, that. let me let me put it this way: if if one of your characters has to almost word for word after the scene say, "Well, it was basically consensual, so I guess it's okay," despite being totally upset about it, um, uh, mm-hmm. that that you should probably be looking in the mirror after that. Yeah, um, that's not a great trope to rely on. Yeah, and but that's you know, unfortunately, that is a thing that comes up kind yeah. of often in the genre. Yeah. But um, so I felt like they were kind of like, and I, I didn't like I didn't like these guys anymore. I didn't care about their story. I didn't feel like they belonged together, which they do end up together at the end. Like, oh, well, this guy, he's really, he was just really heartbroken about this other guy, and he's really a good guy inside. It's all okay. It does kind of feel like they took the path of least resistance, right? Yeah. Like, like they went Um, for the simplest, most obvious story you could tell. Right. And, like, Zig, like, you're kind of alluding to, like, I, I, even in general, I hate that thing where, like, the writer feels like they have to pair up everybody. Yeah. Like, because that's not how real life works. Yes, <laughs> like, and that's not a natural like thing in a show that previously had very natural relationships. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, romance anime in general, but also just romance fiction in general, should be more explicit about the idea that sometimes two people just don't feel the same way about each other. You know, that right. happens all the time in real life, and it's something you've got to grin and bear it with. You know, and and I get that stories are meant to be escapism, but you know, a little bit of grounding in reality would go a long way here. I think. Yeah, I th- I th- I think I would have been a lot cooler with it if the show kept the same level of writing quality as they had in the TV series, but because they kind of fell back on, you know, the the easy way out. I guess the uh, I, I don't know if it was to. You know, if you're a genre purist, maybe you loved the movie and thought this was what they needed to do. But uh, the I don't know. It, uh, maybe that maybe they thought that would please the fans or something. But I I just did not like more so the execution of it. But then on top of that, I didn't think the final result needed to happen in the first place. So anyway, needless to say, I was real disappointed with it because I really loved uh, the TV show a lot. Like we mentioned, it ended up being number four on our list in 2019. Uh, and, you know, I still think, I don't think this ruins the TV show for me because they're, they're kind of separate. You, you can kind of safely ignore the movie, honestly. But, I yeah, I don't know. I, I It's just disappointing. So. All right. Uh-huh. Speaking of disappointing. Well, I don't think things are going to get much better hmm. on our next segment. <laughs> Um, I wasn't sure you guys were going to have anything to say about Log Horizon. Oh, but oh don't worry. Uh... The thing with Log Horizon is actually, <laughs> of all the shows on this list, it, it is actually maybe the show that, by its very nature, causes us to have the most things to say about it on a week-to-week basis. <laughs> so, uh, how... I mean... how uh... Can I ju- can I just clarify something? Like, Log Horizon Season 2, was, was it good? Was it bad? Was it okay? I it mean, was, I know it was a long it time was ago It was mediocre... Yeah, right. it was. It is the specific like things season three is trying to tackle that we have issues with. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. Last last time we left off uh, with Like Horizon, they decided that uh, <clears throat> one of the members of the Roundtable Council left and got political backing from one of the other factions in the world to basically uh, take over the city. Uh, for the sake of helping the like 
lower class citizens, basically, was his rationale, uh, trying to build up the lower class, like, create positions for people who had nothing to do, etc. Right, so, to, to give context, the guy we're talking about is the member of the round table from a few weeks back we were talking about, who basically wanted to institute a sort of welfare system for lower level oh, adventurers. Socialism elf? Yes, yes, <laughs> socialism elf. And so, uh, basically, when they realize that they can't come to any sort of, like, amicable agreement between um, uh, the elf, who, whose name is Ainz, so we'll just call him Ainz for the sake of uh, clarity here, Ainz yeah. and Shiro. And so, they decide to hold and an Shiro's election. And Shiro's the main character. Right, yes. for anybody so Shiro, Shiro says, we'll hold an election and everyone in town can vote on who they want to be in charge. Basically, yes. So they decide to hold, you know, yeah, basically an electoral race uh, between Ainz, who represents the, like, you know, new Akiba government backed by, um, you know, uh, the Landers, who are the, you know, quote-unquote like, original right, the, NPCs. The, like, well, of, yeah, one of, one, of the, one of the Lander kingdoms. Or... Right, and um, the the original roundtable, basically. Mm-hmm. And so the election itself or like the the campaigning itself is kind of a big like wet fart because like it's kind of weak honestly like are they just driving around in medieval vans yeah yeah, basically they literally are yeah they're doing the japanese like election thing of like going around in vans with loudspeakers but like the thing that like really bothered me about that part specifically is like they don't get into like their policies at all like it's basically just purely a popularity like contest of like who do you feel better about you know and it's like and like they're getting into like you know and like so initially, it's just like, like real politics then. <laughs> yeah i guess so honestly but it's just it, it's, it's a little frustrating that like you know you know early on the round table is polling poorly right and it's like oh well it's because like you know our candidate's not as popular and it's like well what about like policies like are people, <laughs> what, what about like I mean, and, also, and, also because Einz's platform is explicitly positioned as like because because he's running on Having it's the backing a- of the other kingdom, like the Lander population, are like, oh, those guys, like we we know that faction, right? Like you know, initially, like the 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 conflict is that Ainz is specifically targeting the 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 Lander population who outnumber the you know original player character adventurers like five to one population wise. Right. So like it just makes sense to like appeal to their needs, and. But the problem is, like, they don't really get into, like, what that actually entails. Like, especially, like, you know, at least on Ainz's side, we understand, like, vaguely that he wants to institute some kind of, like, welfare system and basically put more landers uh, and lower-leveled characters in positions of power so that, like, their input has some, like, sway on, you know, the government. But we don't know anything about the roundtable's policies. Like, despite other, other being than, the pro- like, stuff continues as it has been. Right, other than that they are the protagonists, and they stand to maintain the status quo. I mean, is their policy just Shiro knows best? Yeah, basically. Kind of. <laughs> like, basically. And th- that in and of itself is not so bad. The part that, like, really, like, to me, I, I-, I think this is, like, the thing that was, like, so, like, deeply, con- like, disturbing and, like, darkly disquieting to watch happen especially being portrayed <laughs> as like a master class move by a master like a, you know cl- by a clever clever gambit or something by right. the protagonist is that on the day of voting 
because the world right. of Log Horizon being an MMO does not have any sort of like official like right. civilian registration. It's right? like a like medieval fantasy right, society. Yeah, there, there's no way to register to vote. So they just say, all right, well, on the day of the election, anyone who shows up at the polls can vote. Mm-hmm. Um, right. In the background of all of this, um, m- multiple characters have been trying to figure out the mystery of these teleportation gates. Right. That, the, the the fast travel from the MMO, basically, which is non-functional ever since they've been you know isekai'd into the MMO, and a big like source of like, at the initial conflict in season three right. was like Ainz and his guild struggling to like figure right. out how the gates work. Part, part of Ainz is like contention with the system is that his guild was a in charge of figuring out how the system worked and getting it operational again and b they were taking in all of the like low level players and stuff who had nowhere else to go right and and c they were explicitly not given any support by the rest of the round table in figuring out these these games i mean they were given they were given support but like it was running out or something. Like, so right. can I they ask didn't, They didn't want more support. They didn't want to give more support to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, it, up to this point, has Ainz been portrayed as, like, a broadly sympathetic character? Yes, I would, yes. I would say he, so, yeah. He, he's explicitly okay. portrayed as sympathetic. Um, I mentioned it in the last podcast, but basically Ainz is portrayed in the way that a libertarian might try to politely describe a socialist. Um, as in... Ainz is portrayed as, oh, his heart's in the right place, but he just doesn't get it. Right, basically. so so this was my concern, which is that, you know, yeah. that they're... The, the history of, like, socialism in media, and especially in anime, because Japan is a country which broadly leans towards mm. the right, I would say. You know, and that's true of quite a few advanced democracies. They somehow still have more socialized medicine than we Americans do, but yes, otherwise I'd say uh, you are correct. (laughs) Yeah, like, there tends to be a tendency in media to portray, you know, socialists and those who lean towards the left as, you know, hopelessly naive, and... Is that where we're going with this? Kind yeah, of. I think that's where we've been. Like, that's kind not, of what we've been saying. Yeah. Like he, he's not portrayed episode, as villainous. Yeah. Like I, I do want to make it clear: the anime goes to great pains to make sure that he is not portrayed as a villain. May, primarily just you know an In ideological antagonist. He, he, yeah, right. he, I would say he's presented as like having his heart in the right place, but specifically him trying to get the backing of an outside party is is viewed a, as a bad idea. Hmm. Right. And the thing is that like there are there's actually a decent argument to be made for that because despite the fact that the landers are not these super powerful player characters they do wield considerable they run the influence. they basically run the infrastructure right like, right so like you know and they have their own agendas that run often contrary to the adventurers and so like there are in fact good arguments to be made there but the anime kind of just kind of lumps all of that into just ah he's just too naive and he doesn't you know really get it and. So, anyways, the reason I brought up those. (laughs) Anyway, so yes, I brought up those gates and the reason, and then the fact that they were non-functioning because on the day of the election, Shiro reveals that he has actually figured out how to activate the gates, Um, and he basically buses in the entire population from elsewhere in the country to the city to vote on that day. Uh, And mind you, these are not citizens of this city. He is explicitly uh-huh. bussing in outsiders 
who do not live there and do not necessarily have political stakes. So he's in... bringing in uh, two million illegal immigrants. To Basically, for, uh... yes, he is. I mean, uh, yes, he is. He is. He is doing the thing that the right often accuses the left of doing. Except, and, you see, except they, here, they agreed that anyone who showed up on the day could vote. Right, but here it is portrayed as a heroic moment. Of right, your hero, ladies hero. and gentlemen. Right, right. Yeah. That that when when the hero when the person who holds the same ideology you have does the bad thing it's actually a good and smart thing and not an evil thing and so so back back up real quick and this may not be totally relevant but did he always know how the how to fix no. the things or did he just no, figure it he out literally right off off screen consult, took a week to do the thing that consults Einz couldn't do right, over like, the course of like consults, months. oh but he could have done that like, at any time yes he right? could have done it any time all okay, he had so to do he, was literally spend one week it's like he consulted so, with like I just wanted to add on some extra asshole points for him. So. In, right, it, it, yeah. that's the thing that like makes it all feel like really mean-spirited, it, right? right? It's, it's like, like, why didn't he introduce this character to Ainz right, when that was Ainz's like, assignment? <laughs> right, because it, it's less... Because, right, they try to frame it as... It's less that Shiro was such a genius that he figured it out himself, but more he knew the right person with the expertise to solve the problem. And the problem is that if Shiro knew this person this whole time, why did he let Ainz try to, like, brute force this, like, clearly difficult situation all yeah, by didn't, himself like, for thousands of people end? die or something on this? Like, the, the, basically, yes. Like, the adventurers I mean, who go into yeah. these gates because the whole idea is that they don't understand how the gates work. Like, imagine a fast travel system where you didn't know where you were fast traveling to and you couldn't necessarily always go back. That's what was yeah. happening to his guild, and his guild was getting bled out by this. So it's Warhammer because... 40k? Right, because yeah, <laughs> kind of, because he was literally sending his own people into these warp zones, and sometimes they just didn't come back. And like that's why he was at the end of his rope. This is why he like decided to form his own government, was because the gates were like destroying his guild. So if Shiro had made one phone call, we wouldn't have even gotten this far. Yes. Literally, right, Shiro could yeah. have avoided this entire situation by just either, again, doing it himself as he does during this episode or literally just telling Ainz, hey, I got the number of this guy who like really knows how gates work. Can you give him a call? He'll help you out. Instead, because- we bust in... 10,000 dudes from another city or whatever. So that they can swing the vote. And this is portrayed as, like, again... Ah, like, oh, clever. And so, uh, what's the fate of our elf boy once he loses? Then, well, no, he. So once he realizes what's happened, they don't even go through the, the election. He, he, uh, he drops out. Basically, like he sees the writing on the wall and realizes that, like, right. And then the his backers pull out because uh, with the gate open, they're they are vulnerable to invasion into the middle of their territory. Right. And so that now they're like, well, now it's not worth trying to trying to take power in this area because right. like they, activating can, they can the retaliate basically... instantly. Yeah. yeah so, it, so it goes back to the status quo, basically. Yeah, basically. It, it yeah. completely politically defangs. The... This whole thing was a complete waste of everyone's time. Yup. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, like, okay. again, it's like, maybe it's because it's 2021 and we've right, all gone through yeah. some very traumatic elections as of late, but, like, the idea of portraying what Shiro does in this episode as a moment of heroism is, like, so, like, depressing, yeah. darkly, like, disquieting to me. Like, I'll keep it short because this is not the podcast I usually do this, but it reminds me a lot of Bleeding Kansas. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar with Bleeding Kansas, um, this was a time period uh, prior to the American Civil War in which Kansas was being formed as an American state. And uh, the 
Conflict at the time was whether Kansas would become a free state or a slave-owning state, because by that very nature, whether which, whichever it was admitted as, its senators would then hold more sway in the right, government. Right, it, it, would, it would be like the tiebreaker. Yeah, government. and the reason... I bring all this up is because they had a similar situation of, well, Kansas is a landmass, but it's not technically a state, so we don't really know who can vote there yet, so uh, anyone no, who can show up ship can more vote. people in. Right. And so, yes, you had a situation where both abolitionists and, and, and the South, you know, the soon-to-be Confederacy, basically started shipping in people <laughs> from both their sides, um, and uh, it turned violent. It got... People were killed. People were shot at elect- at polling stations. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, the only reason that Kansas got admitted as a free state is because, by the way, you know what Bleeding Kansas took place in? 1859. Do you know what happens next year? <laughs> the Civil War. <laughs> right. Basically, the only reason Kansas gets admitted as a free state is because the South basically takes a hard look at the situation and just says, We out. Fuck it. Why don't we just do this to the whole country, and yeah. uh, pulls out so that they can prepare their military for their uh, eventual uh, uh, cessation. And, right. Uh, yeah, I, again, it's like it's like so again. It's like from a Japanese perspective, where maybe they've never had this kind of electoral like shenanigans happen in their lives. Maybe to the writers of Log Horizon, this is novel. But to an American, <clears throat> like. Having this plotline play out the way it does and be portrayed as, like, a good I mean, thing is, like, I, so, like, just fucked up. <laughs> I, I couldn't see how in any form of democracy you would be able to justify that as the right thing to do. Right. Like, they're, I, right, they're, I, they're, they're, their justification is, well, we all agreed that anybody right. showed up It's like, well, that's the law, and we're gonna, we're gonna, you know... I mean, that, gonna... that very much feels like a, you like playground level aha gotcha rules rules as I mean, written what, what yeah. it really is is like it, it is like the logical conclusion of like the ancap fantasy right of like as long as it doesn't violate the nap like uh you know anything is legal and since yes by by the writing of this law like <laughs> this is yeah. technically legal yeah. thus it is allowed and so it Heinz flees basically leaves the city and the ground <sighs> What makes this even like dumber is that then, then <clears throat> upon winning the election, the round table's like, well, when we're gonna restructure, put liners in charge, man, we're gonna do everything that Einz guy said he was gonna do. We're just gonna take all his ideas. Right, and that's actually <laughs> that is the craziest thing. So, Einz loses the election. The roundtable basically goes on to appropriate all of the <laughs> political <laughs> policies of Ainz's party as its own. And so they make great pains to have characters on screen, like, look at the camera and say, so in a way, Ainz really did win. Uh-huh. It's just that we appropriated all of his also, policies. Also, you know, now we can give, claim they're ours. You know, I'm starting to think, like, I thought the author <laughs> was trying to make some kind of political statements here. I just think he's an idiot now. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's just like... It's weird. It's just like, like it, it almost sounds. It almost sounds to me like he's using political terminology and things right. to sound like he's talking about politics. But either he doesn't know what he's doing, or he doesn't care. We've all like, been spoiled I, by Legends of Galactic Heroes. Man. I mean, this. Th- I think you're right. This sounds less like an attempt to make a political point and more like a kind of misguided attempt to show how clever and you know it thinking feel, yeah. outside the box right to make your character look it, it feels like cool, a, supposedly it feels like a like the the conflict of the week is 
a quote-unquote political conflict this time when right. and then it just ends up getting solved in basically the same manner as any other conflict right Right, and it's just like at the scale that they're working at now like when this was season one and shiro was like using these clever like these moments of cleverness to solve like to, how do we eat how do we something. how do we defeat the gang boss Right, it's like, right. it, it, it kind of made sense, right, because all the, the conflicts were relatively low scale, but like, when solutions of this level of cleverness, quote-unquote, when they're realistically not even that clever, are still portrayed as like these masterstroke, mo- like, genius moments, it's like... Right. Yeah, that's that's just, I'm, I'm getting dumb. annoyed even talking yeah. about yeah, it. Just, yeah, it just, it's... And it's so, us, you know? and so yeah. then, Ainz leaves the city, and they give him... As a parting gift, they give him an unlimited money credit card, and oh, right. and, so and that... rights to rights to zone ownership, so he can go found his socialist utopia or something. Basically, yes. <laughs> there, there is even like the elite lovely, lovely added implication that the only way socialism could function is if given a nest egg by capitalism. So. Uh, uh, all right. We need to move on. But I know. I know. What do you? Just... What are you uh, are you guys? Do you guys have the strength to carry on? Or I don't know, dude. I don't Maybe know. More, like, but... it's just like Log Horizon. It's like so thoroughly like. Season two was bad, but like there was still enough like goodwill left that we were like, I don't know, maybe you can still pull it you know, together. I will say but after this, I will say this didn't go as south as it could have. <laughs> True. I was I was legitimately scared at the at least was... like at minimum they're like you know Eins was right. As opposed, yeah. as opposed to that guy, as, was as a stupid as it idiot. was, I guess right, the conclusion like, was still right. Yeah. Right, because yeah, I guess the conclusion is still that they are going to adopt Ainz's policies. It's just that the way they arrived there is like really, really dumb. dumb. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. <sighs> All right, let's move along. Uh, G, you got you got some cells and work cells at work in on the zero hour here. Yeah, uh, yeah, I managed yeah. to watch three episodes before this podcast. I'll keep it relatively short, just because, like, you know, it sells at work. You kind of know what it is, but did he get another STD? No, but like, I actually really enjoyed these last three episodes. Like, once we got past the like shitty hentai grossness of like the last the STD episode, like. Right. These, like, next three episodes have been pretty fun in that they just sort of, like, got into, like... Again, if... I said it before. If Cells at Work Vanilla is, like, edu- is, is like you know, PBS, like, edutainment, um, Cells at Work Black is the scared straight program of, <laughs> of the two. Abstinence like, only. Yeah, kind of. Like, it is, Here's like... Here's this picture is, of a, your dick with an STD. Right, yeah. And we like, all know how like well it. that works. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, the first episode is about hair loss, um, and it kind of gets into, like, hair loss is caused by stress. Don't be stressed out. Like, you don't want to do this to your hair. And it, it was kind of funny, you know, just, you know, it, again, like, very much getting into these, like, very real bodily functions that the regular cells at work would never get into because they're, like... If not necessarily life threatening, just like deeply concerning to people. <laughs> you know? um, the second episode was about kidney stones, which oof, man, that one was uh, uh, painful. Yeah, painful to I, watch. As I uh, have, uh, I have been there. Right, yes. and so you're like That's, so uh, watching right. like sales at work show this like again like gigantic crystalline structure. Yeah, like. Just like tearing up your kidneys, viciously tear through these hallways, and it's like 
that's what a kidney stone does to your urethra. And it's like, okay, <laughs> great. Yeah. And, you know, again, you have the characters looking at the screen being like, wow, don't do remember that. Remember to hydrate. Drink water, kids. Yeah, basically. Uh, where's my water bottle? <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, I feel myself drinking, like, more water as I was watching the episode. And then the uh, most recent episode was, uh, which really hit home, was about caffeine addiction. Oh, uh, and that's... about what uh, what happens when get you off become, my back. When, when your cells become too reliant on caffeine. No, get off my back. Let me be. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, hey, stop it! Don't don't do this to me. I mean, like it's fairly obvious. Future armor taught me if you become too dependent on caffeine, you'll go into <laughs> the Matrix bullet time, and you'll be able to save people <laughs> from a terrible fire. Hell yeah! I wish. <laughs> But, all right, uh, well, all right. Well, I mean, it sounds like they're 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 back on to playing to their strengths here, right? Yeah, it's they're all like, the thing is, I think they're all pretty fun episodes. Like again, it is it is still sells at work. It is still exactly what you think it is. But I do think that you know it was it was entertaining. It was it was genuinely funny, and I think that again, it, it, these sort of episodes do 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 a good job of justifying Black as like. A solid spin-off just in the like different types of subject matter it approaches compared to the original. Right. Okay. Well that one's that one's uh still hanging on then. Uh I'll have to check Apparently back in. according to Celsa Word Black, it claims that drinking too much caffeine causes nosebleeds. I, I didn't I wasn't aware of that one. I mean, I'm not it, sure. It, it, I feel it, like it would, I've... Increase your pulse or something, right? Yeah, I like, feel like I've heard that okay, before. Okay, that's like what happens. It's very funny that they try to portray that with the same level of gravity as the kidney stone of oh, like, no, oh no, no, you'll get a bloody nose. I mean, it's if like, anything, they should, they should maybe I don't know, talk about how you your entire body starts shaking or something. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. like going to withdrawal or something. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um. All right, let's keep it moving. I. Guys, I've been this close to watching Jujutsu Kaisen. Okay. I'm almost there, but uh, it's still good, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's still pretty good. Let me tell you, these uh, these last couple of episodes, <laughs> this this tournament arc has There's been a cool strong. glasses lady. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's a badass. Yeah. So like the first of these two episodes is like you know at first me and Earl were a little worried because it was the designated girl fight episode. Right. Okay. But uh, it was pretty freaking good. Like I- I've heard. By shonen standards, they treat the the girls pretty good. It's in this. a pretty good like girl fight. Like you know, again, like I'm not saying any of this stuff is like revolutionary, but yeah. like you know, the first of the fights in that episode between the two girls, it basically kind of gets into like. At first, I was a little like I was a little skeezed out by the logic, but then I came around on it when I realized the point she was making. This character is talking about how like. It was almost like a meta point of how much harder women have it in in fiction because like not only do they have to be strong but they also have to be attractive, and right. Right. sort of like how if you're an anime and again they're not saying as an anime character but it sort of gets into this meta level of like if you're an anime character if you're a character in fiction especially a female one right like if, if you got to have both to be relevant basically right like whereas like male characters usually only need to be you know good fighters right or whatever right and uh you know it it, it's it it ends in a pretty fun way with um the the main girl the i guess you know she's way cooler than sakura but the sakura equivalent of the group where she she's basically just like 
okay, that's cool, but I don't give a shit. I just want to win. Right. <laughs> so she just beats the shit up. I'm strong and pretty, so fuck you. Right, she's like, I'm already <laughs> strong and pretty, so I don't need to worry about that. Um, you love to and, say and that's, that. That's sort of actually the whole theme of this tournament arc, is that, so you have the, I'm just going to call them the A team and the B team. I think it's like right, Tokyo yeah. versus Kyoto, but you have right. A team, which is the protagonist, and B team, who is like the quirky rival squad from another, you know, from, from the next school. town over. Yeah. And... <laughs> the constant theme during these episodes is that team it's really fun because team b the rivals are the ones who get the really like dramatic backstory dramatic yeah. tragic backstories so all of them are constantly being like you don't know no, me I you need, don't know what i've gone i through. need to win because right i have to win or else like the orphanage will die or something <laughs> and right. team a are protagonists are the assholes with no skin in the game and just want to win. So, like, it is constantly, like, a member of Team B will be like, you don't get it. Like, I have all this pressure on me. I'm the head of the clan. Like, because of what you did to me, like, I have all this pressure. I have to, like, I have an impossible standard I have to live up to it. It's all your fault. And the person on Team A is just like, Sorry, I guess, but I don't give a shit. Uh, I mean, this sounds a lot like that episode of Build Fighters Try, where they fight the kid whose little brother is in hospital, and they want he wants to win to like (laughs) validate his little brother's belief in him, and they just beat the shit out of him. I think it's pretty funny. Uh... I mean, sure, yeah, yes, it is. I I think the reason it works way better for me and for here in Jujutsu Kaisen is, and this maybe gets into a little bit of like why, Jell. I think you would enjoy Jujutsu Kaisen, but I also think you might have a hard time getting through the first season because a lot of the stuff that's, we're talking that's been about... My, that's, like, my biggest hurdle. ...really does not like, kick in until the second season. How long does it take to get to because, the... Because, like, the thing right. that's really working here is, like, it is kind of like what you like of, like, everybody's just a jerk. Like, right. e- like they're, a lot of them are good-natured jerks, but they for all For comedic just, effect. And for comedic effect, yes. They're right. all just yes. assholes to each other. Like, completely. Like... And it's it makes for, like, really entertaining fights and, like, the stakes are, like, you know, not that high, but it doesn't really need to be because the characters themselves are so likable. Uh-huh. And this all kind of culminates in, as Iro is alluding to, uh, there's this one girl on the A-team. She's a, her name is Maki, and uh, she's a cool glasses lady, and her whole shtick is, like... She has, she has no, like, spirit energy, but she is physically very powerful or something like all yes. her spirit energy is in her body right right so she she's like rock lee she can't, <laughs> she can't do any of the jutsus but guess what she's really really good at fucking you up with and those, with, with weapons yeah so like the whole episode like we say girl fight but it's really just maki single-handedly like walking through the woods just beating the shit out of anybody <laughs> she runs into until, you know, finally culminates in a fight with her estranged sister, right? And this is what I mean of, like, the estranged sister's, like, given all this, like, tragic backstory. And Maki's just like, I never care about any of that. Yeah, I'll just <laughs> fuck off, basically. And it culminates in this great, like, you know, so the, the different, so Maki fights with, like, melee weapons. And her sister, it's her estranged gun. sister, her power is gun. And right. it's, it culminates in this really great moment where her gun, she fires a revolver, right? And she fires six shots. So Maki, like, goes into, you know, counting the shots, yeah. Right, goes, you know, goes in a full-in, like, you know, reckless, all-in offensive attack on, on her sister now that she's out of bullets. And the great moment that happens here (laughs) is 
turns out her sister has a seventh bullet. Her yeah. power is she can... It's actually kind of a ridiculous matter. power. She can create matter from where there was none. Uh, but she can only create small amounts, and she can make something roughly the size of a bullet. Right. And uh, so, 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 so. She just magics a new bullet into the next chamber and shoots it. Right, and shoots it. And it's like, like again, because of the Sunko Park, it is like the most like ludicrously well-drawn bullet you, or uh, muzzle flash shooting <laughs> you've ever seen. Right. It's, it's like, you know, there's like doing camera spins as this bullet is about to hit Maki. And Maki just catches the bullet with her bare hands. <laughs> like, and it doesn't even look that good. Like, it's really mundane and slow looking. Like, she just kind of, like, holds her hand out and just, like... To make it to make it look effortless, right? Gently grasps it. Right, to make it look effortless. And then just, like, tosses it aside. So you're... And she's just like, ow, that almost kind of hurt. <laughs> so you're saying it's not a realistic catching the bullet, then? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> No, but who yeah, gives a shit? That, it just looks cool. That's uh, <laughs> it's great. That's always a crowd pleaser. It's it was, and it's like I, I I was I was telling Ira I could not decide what was cooler, like this amazingly well animated bullet, or the sheer mundanity with which Maki completely <laughs> shuts it down. Right, right. and that, uh, that's great. I still like the part I liked more was Maki earlier. Maki was fighting like Sword Girl. Oh, uh, yeah, and like. Yeah, yeah. To beat Sword Girl, she breaks her own spear in half, uh, and then literally just, like, Judo steals the sword <laughs> from Sword Girl and walks away. With the sword, right. Yeah, yes. and Sword so Girl's her... like, wait, no, wait, my sword. Can I, right. can what I give her, it what back, opponents... please? Yeah, because one of the opponents she fights earlier in the fight is, like, this master swordsman whose all her abilities revolve around her sword. So Maki just steals the she fucking takes the sword. sword. Yeah. And she doesn't even give it back. She leaves. Later in the episode, you see her walking around with the sword. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, that's uh, good. It's really good. It's, it's a fun show. It's a lot of... It's... Yeah. I yeah. feel like... Is um is the first season one core or two cores? One core. So, okay. like, 12 That's episodes. a little more manageable. Yeah. Right. Uh, And it seems... To, and now we're getting to the, like, Orochimaru crashes the Chunin exam... Yeah, like segment, yeah, the big segment. Bad shows up. Yeah, well, like, yeah, the villains are showing up to crash the, the school stuff, so... Yeah. Right. Everyone will have to band together to fight the bad guys. Uh-huh. Or yeah, the real bad yeah. guy, yeah. So, but... Yeah, I don't know, really good tournament arc, and, like, I, I, I think, you know, assuming they can keep up the momentum even when the story gets serious, I feel like... I kind of understand now what people were saying when they said Jujutsu Kaisen like took a little bit to really find its pacing because I feel like yeah it's it's a lot of fun now it's it's really good. <laughs> I mean just anecdotally I'm seeing a lot of talk about it from people who aren't necessarily deep inside the anime hell. You know, I think it has, Yeah, Mark, I think it has as, yeah. breakout appeal as yeah. a shonen jump property. I think that name that cachet will always Make it sort of rise to the top of right. the right. modern I mean, anime consciousness. I mean, I think that that gives it the advantage of you know decent production and good marketing. But yeah. I mean, it's a really good name, looking name brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also, like, you know, not yeah. everything can hit can hit the mainstream, and this no, certainly right. seems like think, it's I, I doing think... it. Yeah, like, I mean, again, I, I wouldn't compare it because, you know, fucking Demon Slayer's numbers exist, exist on a whole different level, yeah. but I, I could definitely see that there is sort of a, a a softer version of the Demon Slayer effect happening to Jujutsu Kaisen of, 
It's it's yeah. really getting a glow up thanks to this anime. Right. I, I, I think I th- I'm sure it's doing well. Yeah. Like and, no, uh, nothing is nothing is Demon Slayer level. Is but, Demon Slayer but, huge outside of Japan though? Like yeah. I know it's popular. Yeah, but... it's, it's yeah no it is. Okay. It's yeah. definitely pretty big. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm just not in um, touch with the kids yeah. clearly. And you yeah. know it kind of deserves it. You know I mean we say it every time we talk about, it, but it's a really good looking show. Like yeah. I, I I was in, I had to express my like incredulousness to Ira. I was like. Dude, we've just had like three episodes in a row of really good fights. Like, yeah, like no filler, no like, no, no shortcuts. Just bam, bam, bam. Really good, really high energy, really well animated fights in a row. And it's just like, man, what? I guess uh, really you know, think... I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad Sungho Park's getting uh getting the success he deserves. Yeah, right, like I'm glad he's, he's he's applying his talents to an anime I actually like. Right. <laughs> um, this is just to build up to his big return to Garo, and he's going to make oh, a better Garo. Uh, or or is he going to is he going to have to do Jujutsu Kaisen for the next like ten years? I like Jujutsu Kaisen, but I, I still would trade it all away in an instant to get the Vanishing Line movie. Oh so, man! We're gonna, yeah. We're gonna be saying hashtag Free Sungo Park. Uh. God. <laughs> You're right. I, I mean, idea. I feel like there is there is history of major creative figures bailing on long running shonen shows and those shows carrying on. You know, I mean, it's well, a machine like, uh, set up to to keep the, going. Uh, God, I can't think of his name all of a sudden. The the Osamatsu guy, Yoichi uh, Fujiya. Yeah, he started on Gintama. That's how he made his name, right. and then he left, and that show went on for another six hundred episodes. <laughs> So, um, or stuff like Junichi Saito on Sailor Moon, for example. Right. Know. There's yeah. There's a lot of examples yeah. out there. So it doesn't. He's not like necessarily locked in for the next ten years. But, but also, I mean, it, it seems like he's doing well, and I'm sure you know it's a fairly high profile role for him. So if he's happy, yeah, no, more I'm... power to him. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's keep moving. Let's talk about B stars. Oh, yeah. oh boy! It's such uh, a beautiful um, mess. <laughs> yeah, there, there's. First of all, let me let me get out of the way because I think this, these episodes started literally with let let my ship sail with uh, Lewis and Juno. Um, they were literally, I mean, they were literally dancing in the streets. Just they're just mocking me at this point. But uh, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Uh, on that. I feel like that but, scene uh, in particular was very emblematic of Beast Stars, which is it's so stupid it shouldn't work, but it kind of works. <laughs> <laughs> They're just literally dancing in the yeah, street. Yes, you know this big like band music is playing out of nowhere, and it it feels <laughs> right. so self indulgent, but it it really does work with the tone of the See, piece. They they should have made a uh, like the, like the the the, the season one op a version of that like with that whole uh, live oh, action thing. I mean for that scene. But uh, that well, as we've seen, that takes a lot of work. I wonder I know, how many but... cheap like late night anime episodes you could have made with the budget for that opening <laughs> of that one op yeah <laughs> stop motion oh, it was stuff so good though difficult man it was so yeah. good oh, yeah, though. Absolutely. Um, yeah so aside from that i mean we got the <laughs> the ghosty cutting his hair yeah we are we are now fully in the arc of a ghosty hunting down the killer yeah and, uh, oh so i like... I actually did not realize it was Lugosi for like a good thirty seconds. <laughs> like I was it's like, a, "Is this like some weird body double Lugosi has hired to replace him in school <laughs> or something?" I mean, you know, it's a it's a makeover, man. Like it's and and they commit hard to it. Like it's it's uh, uh, it's a look, all right. 
Yeah. Did, uh, does he stay this way for a long time? Who can say? Uh, Who can say? I mean, right. the hair will grow back eventually. Yeah, mm. all right. Well, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I, I feel like these episodes, were. I feel like we're still building up to something. But oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, it's still great. There's a lot of just good stuff. I, I'm glad we got to see Haru again because I feel like we haven't seen her yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like she is becoming less important by the episode. Yeah, this is if there is anything to speak to about season two of B Stars, it is probably around this point in the story where Lewis and Lugosi really get solidified as like the primary like protagonists of the story in in many ways. Yeah, um, right. Also, can, I, yeah, can yeah, we talk? I, of, I feel like oh, sorry, go on, Joe. I feel like Haru's just kind of been relegated to the the girlfriend back home. It kind of sucks because like whenever Haru shows up, it's always a pretty good moment. Like you She's know, a great her character. bit with. Her bit with Ogosi at the end of the second of these two episodes is really good. You know, yeah, like she's, she's a very good character. It's she's like, kind of like yeah. a nice anchor back to like the very beginning of this saga. You know, right. reminder <laughs> what what this started about. And, and right. it also kind of gets into this, like you know how how much of B stars like like how. I feel like much of B-Star's qualities and its strengths do lie in, to a certain extent, its mundanity. Like, despite the animal people, despite the absurdity of what is happening on screen, right? Like, remember, Lugosi is doing all this because he just really wants to have sex with this rabbit. Like, <laughs> and, like... I mean, in, in all seriousness, that's kind of why I'm a little apprehensive about the increasingly unsubtle hints that we're kind of going to drop the school stuff altogether. Because to me, it's important that there be that mundane element so that the the absurd parts land so much more absurdly. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. How, how do you guys uh, feel Yeah, how, about, how do you um, non-manga readers feel about Beastars? We need to talk about Peter. <laughs> we need to talk about the most Louis moment ever, which is where he pulls a gun on his dad. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Just I so. signed the well, papers. I, I I do want to mention because I haven't said it for season two publicly. Give the director a raise. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. This show yeah. looks great. There were there were some great like almost fourth wall breaking bits <laughs> in here, like where I forget like uh, Lugosi was saying something or whatever, and like a thought bubble pops up with Haru, and she like comes out and like hits him in the head or something yeah. like that. Or like <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of the, one of the other ones, but just like little touches like that that you know make it. You know, more unique, and but yeah. um, J- just on a purely technical level as well. You know, I mean, the show looks lovely. They play to the strengths of the CGI by having them be much more dynamic characters. They can fly the camera around a bit yeah. more, but it's always really nicely shot and blocked and all of that stuff. Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, I, I guess the question is like. What are we? I, I don't know what we're building up right. to. <laughs> yeah, like it. So, like part, and, part and, of the and, appeal I, of it. Part, I, I I like that. I'm just saying. I, mean, I have no you, idea. If, if you boil it down to its base elements, let us remember. Okay, so Lewis is running the Shishigumi now. Right. Uh, Lugosi is currently trying to hunt down the killer while right. doing his training in the back alley market with Gohin. You know his uh, his meat fondling training. Uh-huh. Right. Um. Yeah. You know, he is currently trying to find out the, who the killer is by uh, analyzing the jaws of predators. <laughs> right. 
his his very uh <laughs> i it's like i love lugosi just trying to play master detective and he is just not right uh... like it is very funny to watch like again it's like yeah it's like someone trying to like be sherlock holmes but they're just literally too stupid let me see what let me see your jaw right it's just that's like... gonna help um yeah and i guess so it, like we leave off with him losing his uh bite strength yeah and i guess i'm I'm get I'm kind of guessing that that's because he needs his like carnivore lust for meat for his powers or something but uh who knows and and cuz cuz there's the one bit when he's like locked in the room with the meat uh-huh. and he's like Power, before out. he's yeah before he's like totally tamed his power he's like hulking out over the scent of the meat and everything <laughs> and I'm like is this going to be like you know instead of suppressing his desires he has to learn to control them type of thing or whatever i don't know but uh and i know you guys can't say anything so <laughs> i'm just i'm just i'm just throwing stuff out there and you can laugh at me uh, you know, but uh, i think i think i will say like i think you are getting to a certain degree of like Lugosi's working through a lot of things right now like yes his training is less physical and more mental like he needs right. like there are certain things like I- about who I, I he do is think, that he needs to Yeah, confront. I do think that's kind of the one of the big messages is like not denying who you are type of message, but um, you know, with a lot more asterisks on that. Right. But it's why I think Louis Lugosi make for such like fun foils to each other because Right. Lewis is also still currently in denial about who he is, right? Like he is running a <laughs> carnivore mafia. You know? Right. Right, and and we've had several characters at this point tell him, you know, I know you're an actor, right? Like, yes, yes, yeah. I so. mean, I I think to me at least the the exciting part of B stars at the moment is that it feels like it's off the rails. That makes sense, and I know it, <laughs> oh, yes. I know it isn't because they're so good at continuously making it feel like it's off the rails. If that makes right. sense, right? But it, it's it's a uh, like a like a intentional controlled chaos, right? But the question is, obviously, is can you pull that together enough for an actual climax? Because the big danger with that, of course, is that you actually do go off the rails and everything ends up kind of a mess. And I, yeah, I don't mean I, in, in story, I mean in a meta sense, you know. Yeah, I I, I have enough goodwill with the show that I, I'm feeling good yeah. about it. But yes, I, until we see it executed. I, I have faith, you know, but it definitely is this feeling of like, Bare, like the story is barely holding on to like rational plotting. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I, yes, I, I think. But but that's what that's part of why we love it, right? right. The so, manic dream absolutely. aspect of yeah. these stars is also part of its appeal. Just the yeah. I, again, it's, like, it's it's a little bit different for an anime, you know, because than a manga. But just B stars' ability for you to like, I guess I don't know what the anime equivalent of it would be, but to just like turn the page and then be utterly dumbstruck by (laughs) what just happened is it's really magnificent i I can't think of any other story that does it so well yeah all right let's um let's move along Uh let's talk about other side picnic I think I'm finally re- ready to admit this show is bad Uh we uh, i dropped it a couple of episodes back me too Okay, so you guys didn't see the two latest episodes? Nope. No. Um, well, first of all, it's falling apart production-wise. Oh, dear, uh, that's a shame. 
it looks the, these episodes look awful. Um, there's well, there's a lot of like, are they leaning more much... heavily on the CGI stuff? No, I mean like just straight up still oh, frames. Dear. Uh, it's it it's it's falling apart. Um, and this arc, like if it wasn't clear before. I think it's very clear now the author has a hard-on for guns and military stuff. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I, I saw some screenshots of, of a girl with a sniper I think it was, rifle, and I was like, yeah. should I watch this? I think it was pretty clear before, <laughs> like it was, but it, this one... It they, was entertaining when it was just like, oh, this pretty girl randomly has a pistol, because it was so Right, it was funny, because like, what, they just pulled out a yeah. gun? What? <laughs> and uh, since the one girl has mystic eyes of death perception, she can uh, they know where to shoot the monsters. Uh-huh. But uh, anyway, so this arc in these episodes, they they finally go on a date, but they end up getting accidentally sucked into the other side when they're drunk and walking home. And uh, okay. they run into a, a U.S. military unit. Huh. <laughs> and Wait, we just go like- full... Also in this alternate like dimension. Yes, so they so they have also they've also been sucked into the alternate world. And uh, Hideo Kojima's they go other full, side pick. They go they go full uh, they go full gate on us where it's like the military fighting the monsters with conventional weapons. Sure. But uh, yeah, and they, they make they make the brave choice of making all the English soldiers soldiers speak English with oh, Japanese really? voice actors. How is it? Oh. It's 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 exactly what you're uh, thinking. So it's great, is what you're saying. <laughs> with quotes, great, yes. Uh, um, on a level of one that. to the beginning of Ava 2.0, how bad is it? I didn't watch Ava 2.0. Oh, I refuse. Contains some um, uh, some world it's okay. class you didn't really English. Miss much. It's 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 like average bad English. It's not oh, like super bad or super. Would you would you have preferred the alternative of them just hiring a couple of white dudes off the streets of Tokyo to well, like read that's the lines? The thing. There were the there were um there were varying degrees. Like some of the guys were like kind of all right, and then others. But I could at least understand all of them without subs if I had to. But uh. Yeah, it was a bold choice. We probably shouldn't cast aspersions, seeing seeing as none of us can speak a word of Japanese. So. No, no, I'm not. I, yeah. I'm not judging. I, I'm just. I'm just saying that that's that's a bold it's a choice. choice. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, the, the the arc made absolutely no sense. Um, it ends with them getting on what is literally called the meat train. Okay. I don't huh. know why it's called the meat All train. Right. Okay. They just, uh, it just shows up and they have to figure out how to get on it. And then it takes and them it to the dark market in Beastars. It <laughs> ends with, uh, like, the, the soldier guys are literally yelling, oh no, it's the meat train, with no further explanation. Because uh, um, lo- they get on the train and there's, like, they, they get on the train and there's, like, monsters on there and stuff, but it just, like, takes them back home, and I had no idea what was happening at that point. Um, the animation and everything was so bad that that wasn't giving me anything. And I'm like, yeah, I think, uh... Think, I think I'm finally ready to. Uh, I mean, I th- I think that, that <laughs> pull the plug there's a way one. to do the surreal Deus Ex Machina in a way which doesn't necessarily leave you unsatisfied. But this show has never really wanted to commit either to being like a serious drama with serious plots or kind of like a flighty, you know, uh, kind of like surreal yeah. adventure. And it right. kind of like. It's too much of either yeah. and not enough of one. If that makes I don't, sense, I, like I'm, I, I'm starting to wonder how much of it is the the adaptation. Like, what, does this make more sense? Because I think it's a novel. Yeah, right? it's an actual like, novel. Does, I think. Does this make more sense as a novel series, and they're just not adapting it? Because, because a lot, a lot of the, 
a lot of the stuff just it just doesn't make sense like i don't know what's happening or you know maybe i'm too stupid to figure it out i don't know but this this was like the the last straw though and and i was also laughing hysterically at everyone constantly saying meat train with no other context (laughs) but uh, (laughs) oh boy i think that was i think that was the final straw for me yes yes g they did have they did pull out the big sniper rifle Right, I just saw a screenshot of that. I yeah. was like, hmm. Because, again, the one girl has mystic eyes of, of death perception, and nobody else could tell where to shoot the monster. So ah. they strap her onto a sniper rifle, and uh, she figures out how to shoot it. Like, perhaps it's my bleeding liberal heart, but I'm always automatically suspicious of any show which fetishizes weaponry in any way. It suggests to me that you're not perhaps interested in the things which matter about your story. I got well, that, some that's kind of the thing to tell you about a lot of anime. Yeah, that, that's kind of thing. That's kind of thing with this show because I don't feel like it blends well. Like, because there are there are plenty of other shows that get into detail about guns and stuff, but it's usually like part of the show, right? And this is just as like no context for these girls knowing everything about guns and talking about it. And it doesn't really add anything other than I think the author wanted to talk about his favorite gun. Um, so that is a little weird, but uh, yeah, I, anyway, I'm done. There's just, yep, we got to keep moving. There just wasn't anything yeah. to it was my problem. You know, it's not yeah. really a character piece. There's not enough plot for it to be kind of like a, yeah. a drama or a thriller or something like that. And it's yeah. not fun I, enough. There to are be like, a, like episodic, Right, and they're like good enough. They're like good pieces of it that I liked. Like I liked the characters and stuff, but like they were just not pulling this together yeah. or anything. So let's yeah. uh, let's talk about something good. Yeah, or at least I think so. Uh-huh. Let's talk about Horimiya. Yeah. Um, I find it funny. This is the most last... anti-anime anime I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I feel like at this point they're like intentionally doing the thing that you're not expecting them to do. But uh, in a good way, in yeah. a good way, um, I find it funny. And Ira, I don't know what specific point you were counting as them officially being together. I but... really like how the dad is like, so is this your boyfriend? And she's like, yeah, right. She's so like, what? uh, yeah, <laughs> let's go yes. with that, shall we? And, ev- so, and everyone um... is like, well. I guess this is the thing now. Oh, I, guess I mean, like, now. I feel like like a lot of the things about this show, it's kind of muddy, and that's kind of true to real life, right? Like, it's right. that it is realistically you... kind of wishy washy for a while. Right in real life, you very rarely get the big confession scene. Exactly, of, I like yes, you, you right. like me. Let's go. Yeah. Like, usually you it's just a start thing. dating. Right. It's so very, he's it's more been of a natural thing. going to their house like every day for months at this point so yeah so i find i found it funny because last last time ira you said it might take two episodes and i think it took like five minutes <laughs> <laughs> in this to, to get to the their officially dating stage uh-huh. and then i get i guess the big catalyst and kind of the big plot event is like uh her dad just shows up i don't i still don't understand the full nature of their relationship uh-huh. yeah it, like but, is he uh, are they divorced it doesn't seem like no that. he's well, just like busy or something he doesn't live with them apparently uh and they all kind of hate him in a fun way i guess right, the, like <laughs> you you think for about two minutes that he is like a shitty deadbeat dad yeah right and, and then, then they because, because they kind of treat him like a shitty deadbeat dad 
and then like it kind of spins to our you realize he's kind of not right, he's but just a dumbass also he looks about two right? years older than them right yeah, well that's yeah anime, but like right? this is a even by those standards this is an incredibly egregious case of that yeah so i i still couldn't figure it out but i my final i finally landed on he might his like he might have just work abroad or something like that and isn't home sure lot. let's go with that because it doesn't seem like they were divorced right no, like, he's, still got, he's still wearing he, the wedding ring so. yeah and, and he and they I seem mean, to be on perfectly good terms like 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 she still calls him you know dear yeah. or whatever i do the, like the i do like the gag that but, mimura is already like higher up in the family hierarchy than the dad yes, yes that's, they, they that's all <laughs> It's like even even the even the little boy is like passive aggressively like hates him like also the joke that funny. they have the same first name so she can't call him by his first name is pretty good as well yeah um so yeah so that 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 that's been a pretty good source of humor and kind of like a again very different than like any other relationship I can think of in a in in an anime like this but um and I I, I like. I like they start going like just once they get that out of the way the like relationship stuff it they just start going full comedy. Yeah. Um I like I like the bit with uh his like dumbass friend who tries to pawn off his disgusting candy on Right, him. yeah, yeah. Uh but then they like take the weird turn toward the end of was it episode 6? I think so. Or 5, I forget which ones are on. Clear I've not Whatever the... I've not seen episode 6. I just have but I have read the manga. Okay, so so in the the latest episode, right? I, I do remember the candy thing. Yeah, there was a candy thing, and then um, this like stalker girl shows up. Oh right, her. <laughs> and like, and it's and it's it's all like played for laughs and everything, and then they just like drop out of nowhere some bomb about like her brother being dead or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was they like they kind of shoehorn her into the cast. That's yeah, and that was like kind of a weird direction the tone to has been him. a little uneven you know sometimes yeah. it's like a serious and i don't necessarily mean it deals with heavy themes but sometimes it is a serious relationship drama and sometimes they will just randomly pivot to like absurdist slice of life comedy yeah. and yeah. sometimes yeah. it happens very I think, fast i think i think that's been fine for the most part they haven't done anything that heavy no 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 where they start dropping in somebody being dead so like that was weird um, but I, I do like because um, we talked about last time, uh, and I know you guys haven't watched it. The, you guys didn't watch Snakakun is always listless, but mm-hmm. we we compared that last time in that you know everyone's like super nice to each other and everything. But I would what I would say is different about Horimiya, and I, I like is in Tanaka-kun, everyone is just super chill and nothing negative ever happens. Uh, where, and I right. do or is in Horimiya, I do like in yeah. I do like in Horimiya like. Like people do get angry and upset, but it's like, how do they deal with it? That's much different, right? Like, everyone, like, like, there's always some like new conflict that in right. another show would take three episodes, and then they solve it in five right. Minutes. So like, like the bit with the with the not girlfriend, like right. So like so that if that were happening in any other anime, that would take like three episodes at least to resolve, right? But and they would be like on the verge of breaking yeah, up. There and, would be a tearful you know. one-on-one confrontation on the school <laughs> roof and something, right? But but this one, but I think it's good because like, because like, um, Hori still ha- she still gets angry and jealous, and that's like a normal human reaction. But like, 
what does she do after that, right? That's she the talks difference. To him, and which is right, she actually has a conversation about it, and they talk it out and work it out, which is the way things. I also be. So, um, I like. That, I really like the joke that he calls her by her first name because he doesn't actually know her her second. Yeah, name. Yes, right, and she misinterprets it as yes. them being super familiar, but he just literally doesn't know what her last name is. But uh, yeah, so like, I I I do appreciate that they're not just like making this magical dream world where everything is perfect. I mean, it kind of is, but. <laughs> Within the acceptable bounds about their problem. <laughs> yeah, within the acceptable right. bounds of fiction, at least. Right, but it, but they still have like negative things happen, negative emotions, and the, it's just that they deal with it so much better. Yeah. I might I might like to see a little anime. bit more from uh, Miyama. Like he's kind of a little a little Mary Sueish at the moment, I think. But oh, Miyamura, yeah, Miyamura, because yeah, he's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, and they did. Uh, uh, they did the thing this yeah. week with he cuts his hair and suddenly he's hot. Right. Uh, all the girls are fawning yeah. over. I don't. Him, I don't want to uh, like yeah. unduly influence everyone's opinion <laughs> of what's coming up, but I do sort of feel like we've Peaked. seen the highs. Yeah, basically, I think we've seen the highs. And if you really like the side cast getting into shenanigans, that's probably what most of the rest of the show is going to be like okay I'm, I'm well they've already been setting us up for uh the the one friend guy and glasses girl uh-huh. right so that's gonna happen maybe uh i'm assuming that's where we're going there was next. that weird aside with glasses girl and and what's her name from fire emblem <laughs> uh, Remy, yeah. <laughs> that was like really heavy for like a moment and then it's solved in five minutes which i thought was kind of a weird diversion like not necessarily yeah, the, in the sense that the show couldn't handle that subject matter but in the sense it kind of comes out and go nowhere and goes nowhere really yeah that, that one probably was a bit too much of a swing in a short period of time yeah. but i think it's, it's still kind of the thing i'm talking about where like she had those negative feelings about herself and the but she realized oh i'm being I'm kind of being a jerk to my friend here <laughs> and, and, you know, tried to fix it. So, um, so yeah. Yep. I mean, I, honestly, if this is the best it gets and it just stays here, then I'm fine with it. You know, maybe it won't be anime of the year, but yeah, you know, it's something nice to watch. It's very sweet. You know, I like it a lot. This, uh, it's a feel this should have been entered in, this should have been entered in cute anime battle royale. <laughs> yeah. If there were enough, if there were enough shows that it could have, been a contender but all right all right time for let's time talk for, about back yeah, arrow all right so let me just get one thing off my chest and i'll turn you guys loose on this <laughs> but um i hit a point in episode five where i said to myself i hate everyone in the show mm-hmm. i what don't want to watch it anymore i'm sorry uh, uh it, it was this was a, probably about when they're fighting um, Kai. Is that the general guy's name? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. Uh, right. At some point in there, I was like, I hate everybody in the show. Well, let me let me, <laughs> let me me clarify. I hate everybody except the women, but the women are treated terribly. So, yeah. um, and I'm just like, I, I don't want, I'm not enjoying this. I'm, I don't want to yeah. watch this anymore. I just shut it off. And I did not watch the rest of episode five. I did not watch episode six. So uh, can I get, get something to... off my chest as well? Oh, you didn't get to episode six Go though? Ahead, oh. uh, so I need to get something important off my chest as well, which is 
the big ship is going to turn into a robot, and why don't they just turn yeah. it into a robot? We can all tell it's going to turn into a robot. <laughs> I mean, look, dude, Iro and I have talked about this, like, every fucking time. Like, that thing is obviously going to turn into a I robot. I know, I just yes. need to say it again. You can see the hands again. on that thing. I just need to say it again. You can see where the feet will come out. Right, you can yeah, see, it'll turn you into can a robot, the, like, and all the townspeople or whatever, will, like... like... And all the townspeople will control a different part of the robot, and they'll do the split-screen thing with everybody's face yeah. in it. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think no, but I get what you're saying, just, Joe. Like I really do, honestly. Like, right? Everyone just kind of sucks. I don't think. Yeah, like I, I don't think that this is an actively bad show, but it no. feels very phoned in from everybody involved. Like yeah, minimum effort. I think that's what stuff. it is, right? Like, despite the cast, despite the premise, despite the people working on this show, like, it does kind of feel half-hearted, doesn't it? Like, right? Yeah. Like their their heart's not really in in on going all crazy, you know, like like you would expect from an anime like this, and yeah, yeah, because like so you know at least Aaron and I watched like the most recent episode, episode six, where they go to what is called the Pretty Boy Farm, and I, I did see the episode title. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. I feel like I feel like this episode should have killed me. Like I feel like this should have been like the funniest goddamn thing I had ever seen in my life, based on the premise. And it was just kind of dull instead. Yeah. So like they go to like you know they're like you know it, it, it's almost like you know Gurren Lagann filter episode right of like they're, they're just traveling around and I mean Gurren Lagann has that episode where they go to the bathhouse. Right. Except that's hilarious. And you know this, this, then this wasn't yeah yeah like that's the it's thing, like right? these like, that pretty episode... boys have this constant sparkle filter on them and right so yeah yeah like they... <laughs> like that episode was also 14 years ago <laughs> yes yeah yeah i mean i'm not sure what you're implying but no like, no but like i mean that... like i'm saying that like the idea the idea of you know we go to crazy place but also there are giant robots is not entirely new or original anymore. no no definitely not but it's almost like, well, clearly it's been done better before. Couldn't you have right. studied your precursors like, a little like, bit more closely? I think I said closely? this last podcast in that I think Goro Taniguchi just generally likes this type of, like, B-tier mech show and just wants more of them to exist. <laughs> I mean, it's the kind of thing which existed in, in droves in, like, the 70s and 80s, right? Yeah, and that's totally fine. It's just, you know, now that we're so short on right. mecha in yeah, general... Right, exactly. I would like for the few that are left to go as hard as they can when they do, but yeah, so it's just like yeah, so they, they go to like this, you know, typical story, right? Like monster or enemy of the week. They go to they go to like this village where it's entirely populated by like comically pretty men, right? They have a they, as heroes, they have a literal sparkle fil- they literally sparkle like like you know, like uh, Edward the vampire style, right? Just like constantly shining. And you know, they're talking about how, oh, we're like slaves because of the guy, the evil warlord dude who lives here. He experiments on us to make us into like bright height users or whatever, right? And, you know, Back Arrow is like, well, that's bad. I'm going to go fight that dude. But also, like, we need to turn this into a story about self determination because, like, right. the whole theme is, oh, the pretty boys don't have the will to fight or something. So. Like, Back Arrow, like, briefly pretends to be on the bad guy's side. Oh, he's actually smart enough to do something well, like that? Well, I mean, 
Nominally. It might be the smart dude who's. I, I'm sorry, I hate Back Arrow the character. Like I, I, I hate everybody <laughs> in the show. But I also There's hate nothing Back to hate. Like, he's barely a character. Right. Well, exactly. I think, I think the issue like, is like, okay, so we all like love ourselves like a good-natured idiot, right? Like Kamina is great, you know. Even um, you know, Gallo from Promare is <laughs> a really fun, likable, like doofus of a character, right? Like it's a, it's an archetype, you know. You know, right. for those of people who have been playing Yakuza Seven, you know, Ichibot, great great likable idiot so like right. it's a really solid archetype so it's really weird that back arrow is like such a he's barely right, a sentient here, human here's being my, here's <laughs> he's my, like that dumb <laughs> here's my long long shot this is never gonna happen but it might happen thing is that at the end of episode six back arrow literally says like well as long as i can get to the wall nothing else matters and so I'm like almost wondering if he's a sleeper agent or something. Like he'll he'll turn like halfway through, he will become the bad guy. God, I wish, but you know that's. Not I know it's like, not going to like, happen. It's it's more likely that the Chinese dude uh, Shu Bi is gonna gonna turn right. Like Maybe, yeah. his whole his whole deal is being opportunistic, right? right. I just like. I mean, he's know, I... he's basically Guin from Turn of Gundam. He loves technology. <laughs> <laughs> and that basically means he yeah. will end up siding with the bad guys. So yes. right, but I'm just like you know, uh, there, there's that seed in my head that's like, well, they could spin this as a Batgirl and Shuby become the, the big bads. They are actually were fucking shit assholes the entire time. I I could see like Back Arrow being like temporarily maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think I even you know, see that tempted by it or something. I but don't know. Then, like... It's just like yeah, like I mean, I, I see what you're saying, Joe. Like I can totally see in my mind's eye the episode where like the real villain offers back Arrow a chance to accomplish his goal of going beyond the wall or breaking down the wall or whatever. And, right, like, and he sells also, everybody um, out, right. and then he comes back and saves. Just them to be yeah, clear, but like, just yeah. to be clear, there's like no chance at all that they're not in, like, a giant Gundam-style space colony or something. Oh, yeah, oh, right? yeah of course. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, totally. like, like we keep saying, right, like, the half, like, the end of episode 12, like, they're, they're gonna get to this wall by, like, episode 12, you know what I mean? Like, the true villain is gonna come pouring in through that wall, yeah. like, and that's gonna be the second half, right? It's gonna, your, your anti-spirals are gonna show up. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, I guess it's just, like, I, I, I know I know. we keep saying this every week, and it's a really shitty to, like, compare Back Arrow to literally one of the greatest anime ever created. But <laughs> I just, every time I watch this show, I'm like, what if a Maishi had directed this? I mean, that, that's the territory this... they're trying to Right, to right, but that's the thing, right? Here, I'm, I'm, right? Making, <laughs> like... I'm, I'm making these comparisons because this is the territory it's working in. So, like, and, and it, it is Nakashima, right? So every time I'm just like... Amaishi would have made this joke sing, or Amaishi would have made this bit work so well. I mean, like, I, like... I, I'm i not necessarily going to put it entirely on Amaishi, although he's obviously very important to the works he does contribute to, but in general, you know, the the next-level spit and polish of Gurren Lagann, of a lot of those late-era Gainax works, you know, obviously something like this just can't compare, you know, and it's not just... Right. 
not just the pure audiovisual assault, but also in, oh, believe me, but I'm not... also things like you know bringing life to the characters through small ticks yeah. and their their quote unquote acting as well. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, I do want to clarify. I'm not talking just purely visual. I'm I'm talking like yeah. I, I do mean also the timing and the sensibilities. Yeah. Right. Like right. it just feels like so many of Nakashima's like jokes in this show kind of fall flat because of like half-hearted execution. Right. It's like, you, like and you can see how like the same basically the same jokes were executed in a different show better. Right. Right. Like, the same joke that appears in Back Arrow, if it were handled by a Maishi, these characters would be tweening on screen in, like, some really half-assed shitty way that makes you laugh because yeah. it's so blatantly so, I mean, garbage. But I, I mean, does this just come back around then to, like, rather than the show finding its own identity, it's, like, kind of echoing these better shows and yeah. just not favorably comparing? I, I mean, I, I think that I, might be Instead it, of trying yeah. to find I think its it own... also reveals, and I think BNA revealed this as well that Nakashima is kind of a limited writer. You know, I I don't think that he's very adaptable. And you know, he <laughs> did the one thing he does, and he did it very well. And then he did Carmen Rider Forza, which was also the one thing he does, and he did it very well. But you know, I I think right. we're seeing perhaps that he doesn't necessarily have range. And I guess I guess for me, I feel like the thing I I have to say to this, I don't think he necessarily even needs no, range no. as long as he's as long as he's like working on the things that he's good at executing on. But yes, I do agree that like a show like Back Arrow maybe does like illuminate where those weaknesses start to appear. I mean, I I think uh, that you can have range within your chosen style or genre, right? Like, I think the best anime directors you know, might do the same idea multiple times, but they have the flexibility to tell the story different ways. You know, when yeah. you think or, of people or... like Anno or Ikuhara, you know. It's the question of, can Nakashima write a story where people don't get in a big ship and go to space? <laughs> right. Hasn't happened yet. I mean, but, but that's what I mean, right? It's like, I don't, I don't care if every single no, I, I get you, anime I get you, ends but... with them going to space. I like that as long I, I as get it's you. done well. It's just well. funny that that's, yes. <laughs> but that's I think that's the thing, right? Done, it's just everything, yeah. yeah, it's like, I don't know, even the ship, right? Like, Zay, you're talking about how, okay, the ship is obviously going to turn into a robot. Hey, guess what? In Gurren Lagann, that thing started as a robot. It had legs in the first episode it showed Right, up. and a <laughs> ship that walks is much, much funnier than a ship that is just a ship. <laughs> right, like, I, I just, yeah, I think it's just... I, maybe it's just a little. Maybe it is unfair. We we got into this last week as well. It just feels like. I, I just I think I think I just wish Back Arrow went like, thirty percent harder. Leaned thirty percent harder into. Like everything. I, I think it needs like, to presentation, go like sensibility. harder. You know. <laughs> All right. Maybe I was being maybe I was being generous. Yeah. Maybe it needs to go much harder. I mean, it's but, it's just yeah. very milk toast. You know, it's not actively yeah. offensive. I don't hate it or anything. It's. It's just wallpaper paste, really. Yeah. You know. Oh, I don't know. I don't, again, I will reference that I hate how they deal yes, with female the, characters. The, but... Every woman in yeah. that show is completely useless, and it really sucks. Yeah. Um. The, the, yeah. If this really is a show from the the early to mid two thousands, then they did not update that part of no, it. No, sure. not in the slightest. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm done. I, I'm, you guys seem committed, but uh, I, because because again, it's like it's not even the, like I'm not wild about the the lack of identity or, you know, whatever. But the I really just do not like these characters. Like, like like I already talked about Back Arrow when when um, 
when when Kai and Shu were arguing back and forth, I was like, wow, I hate these guys. They, 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 they could totally have worked something out here, but they're being idiots. <laughs> And then Bit shows up on the side and like, I really I will say, I will say, starting to appreciate Bit, not for him, but like the way everybody has started treating him in this show. Like episode when, six when, uh, has a couple of really funny bits with Bit, just people shitting on him. And I, 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 I really, those. I was like, I rarely want anime characters to be murdered. But when Kai <laughs> stabs him in the stomach, I'm like, oh, please say he's dead. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, so I, I mean, like, I'm like, I just like, I can't. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Like I, I'm just out. But I mean, it probably um, does say something. That probably the, the the most entertaining bit of episode six is when one of those like shiny pretty boys just fucking cold cocks bit in the face. Yeah. And <laughs> it's okay. very yeah, funny. I'm, I'm in favor of that. Uh, I mean, this is reminding right. me a lot of just like uh, the bit where I watched that awful episode of Darling in the Franks, but it was worth it because somebody hit Zerome in the back of the head with a rifle butt in an extremely comedic way, <laughs> and that was worth it for the, just for watching that entire episode. Uh, I'm like, uh, yeah. Alright, um, watch Gunsword. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're, uh, I'm beginning maybe to think we maybe should just watch Gunsword instead. Maybe we should just, just for comparison. Gunsword I mean, instead. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't know. Rewatch Stride. We we gotta we, we gotta move on because we still have a lot yeah, of time. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, skate the Infinity. Yeah. Is there anything you guys want to share? I feel on like that? this is the opposite side of the coin, where like this is also a perfectly cromulent show, but it it's kind of in the charming and easygoing way. Like I I enjoy watching it. You know, I think these characters are goofy and and fun, and I enjoy seeing what they're getting up to. Yeah, yeah, I think I can agree with that. I think that in a lot of ways, yes, like Back Arrow, I feel like Skate the Infinity is also kind of a coin flip show, yeah. and it just happened to manage yeah. to land the right side up. I also, on, like, Back I Arrow, also wish but... Skate would go go a little harder. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think the difference yeah. is that there are moments when it goes hard enough. Like, everything around Adam and his ridiculous matador... Uh, right, I'm saying, why isn't everybody like that? Right, yeah. Right, I guess that's but what it I has mean, its right? moments. Like, cause it, it definitely does. I just, yeah, I think... It's a, it's a weird situation of, like, I love characters like Adam in shows that supports that kind of characterization. I think the weird thing for me is, like, Adam is, like, this fucking crazy weirdo, but everybody else is kind of just a normal dude. And, like, I need... Like, I need this whole cast to be crazy weirdos, right? Yeah. Like, I need them all to be going just as hard as Adam. So it's not that Adam sticks out. It's just that, like, this is just a crazy I, I guess world I, I, I just I'm not really getting that, that. that. Like, that is not what this show is, and it was never going to be that, if that makes sense. Right. No, yeah. I, I do get it, yeah. I just... I'll also, I'll yeah, also say um... that, like, it continues to look amazing and sound amazing, and that goes that goes a long way. Sure, it's definitely well made, to be sure. Did anything particularly noteworthy happen in the last two episodes? No. Uh, <laughs> they went no. to the beach. I like that they had a beach episode for uh, people who already live in Okinawa. They had to travel <laughs> every, to every day di- should be the beach episode for them. Right, right? Yeah, yeah. They had to travel to a different beach for their beach episode, which is just like ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, All right. I, I did actually like that episode a little bit. <laughs> Uh, man, maybe it really says something about how I'm feeling about their approach to the skateboarding in this anime that I actually sort of liked the filler beach episode a lot. Because it's the only just episode where they're just skateboarding. Stri- skateboarding on a street. Right, they're like street they're like street skating and just like, you know, being shitty bros to each other, which I always appreciate. 
I mean, that sounds based on based on what little I've seen of it. That sounds more appealing to me than them trying to lean into the wild and crazy skate races where everything goes and then not doing anything. Yeah, like type of thing, I, but... I think that you know, <laughs> I know, I know why they went with the racing stuff, which is it's just so much easier to build a narrative around, and it's way easier to animate than like a half pipe doing tricks. All right, I mean, stuff. don't get me wrong. Like, if they had to do half pipe competitions, I'm pretty sure the cat, the the, the staff of this show would just drop yeah, dead. Exactly. <laughs> like, right. But um, but yeah, I I would like. I don't necessarily want to say more, like more examination of like the skating lifestyle, whatever that is, but a, a oh, bit yeah. more outside of the strict confines of racing down this hill might be nice. I'm I'm begging them. Like the the, the next episode preview says they're doing a tournament arc, and like I get that's probably gonna be racist, but I am begging Skate the Infinity have a half pipe competition for just one episode. I'm begging you, please. <laughs> like... Yeah. Uh, I will also say that uh, I don't like Back Arrow, but the like smug, angry cat boy kid in this show is right up there alongside him with oh, my man. most yeah, hated characters. And yeah, also, like, sucks. dressing him in a sailor suit is like so transparently a fetish thing, it's really creepy. Oh, dude, that, yes, they're leaning so hard into this, like, fucking little gamer cat boy yeah, thing. It's, it's, it's like... Oh, is, is it the token uh, yeah, it's boy creepy. character? It's, for that crowd it's a bit much uh <laughs> god little I, gamer cat I boy in his little so shorts much. his little shorts and his clip-on tail on oh his, his tail accessory or hoodie Ugh. oh fantastic <laughs> um all right uh, it's a lot it's a lot <laughs> speaking of a lot um Oh, let's boy. let's talk about Wonder Egg Priority. Oh man, I'll, I'm gonna sit back and let you guys hash this. A lot one of out. a lot of stuff went down in episode four I, and five. They they. Opened... I would like to hear what other people think about Wonder Egg Priority. Yeah, well, I, I want to start by just talking about the. Uh, I, is, is it a controversy? But I mean, it was enough of a thing for the director to come it, out and say it something felt like about a controversy it. within the established narrative of the show. If that makes sense. Yeah. So. There was in, in, in that was episode yes. four, right? Um, the there was some dialogue where two of the characters were talking about how uh, men and women have different brains, and that women are more emotional, and that they're more easily manipulated. And, and it's in the context of one of the characters asking, "Why are there no boys in this show?" Basically, oh man, they're really getting into that stuff, huh? Yeah, and. Um, I, I think the controversy was in context of the scene. They did not really do a fantastic job of saying that that's wrong. <laughs> so I, I, the thing is, I thought and, from the beginning that this was like deliberately shitty, if that makes sense. Like because yes, I I I I, I think my brain went there because that's just I based on everything else I've seen in the show. I'm assuming that they would not actually take right. that position, but. In the scene it's itself, ambiguous. it is too ambiguous. They don't really, because like, so for a little more context, the characters that say it are like the creepy mannequin guys that hand out the eggs or whatever, or manage the eggs, uh-huh. and they're kind of. Would it be fair to say they're kind of antagonistic? It's difficult to say. In this they story. are mysterious. They're certainly not the heroes. They're, of the story. Um, they are facilitating what is happening, one way or another. Yeah, and and so it's they're saying it, and there are two of the four girls are there. Uh, the one girl, Rika, who we've established as a terrible person anyway, is kind of playing along with it, 
And then finally, at the very end, um, Nehru, who's kind of the, mo- the most sensible of all of them, is just like, what? What are you guys talking about? And that, and that's kind of it. And so the director came out later and clarified that originally Nehru had more dialogue that kind of more explicitly condemned that statement. But they felt that the context of the scene and everything was enough to get that message across. And I guess a lot of people did not think that yeah, that was the so case. Yeah, uh, so to, to me at least... I don't think it's great from an artistic standpoint, but I think the important thing, at least to me, is that they came out and clarified that it was meant to be antagonistic, if that makes sense. Right. So we're not saying cancel Wonder Egg priority. We're saying, you know, uh, it's it, it was maybe a little sloppy in how they handled that. Yeah, it, it was I a think. failure in storytelling rather than a failure in morals. Yeah. Right. So, and I'm glad that they left that was, immediately to clarify it. I will say, yeah, I, I, it is it is good that the director did not leave it to our imagination on that. But um, yeah, so there's that. Um, I think there was some discussion about the fourth girl that gets introduced um, as to her uh, whether she's, you know, some people were thinking that she might be transgender. Mm-hmm. Uh, I it's don't very, think there's any actual indication of that i mean she explicitly states that she's a woman like she actually says i am a woman in her first episode right so So i don't think there's any question as far as like pronouns and whatnot i think that becomes pretty clear especially by episode five but uh and as far as like whether she's actually transgender or not i don't want to say like it doesn't matter because to you know people looking for representation it matters but um I think it's pretty clear, like, she literally kills a turf in episode yeah, five, right? Much. So, like, um, <laughs> the, the message is loud and clear yeah, on that I, I think, you know, so, the important thing about that character is that she is she is uncomfortable in her body, you know? And if you want to right. take that as a trans allegory, I think it works as one. And if you don't, I think it works on other levels as well. Right. Because as far as, like, public perception, she looks kind of boyish and and uh you know she doesn't like that uh, as far as people it's kind of ambiguous whether she likes it or not like she seems to put up with it most of the time right but um but but it but it seems like when her guard is down she prefers to be yeah seen as a, a girl and treated like a girl and yeah so um so yeah they they i think they they handle that pretty well because these are all i think potential landmines to step on here when you start bringing up i mean the entire show has been juggling some very serious topics in general you know it's basically a laundry list of this could go really badly right but um i don't know zig i wanted to give you an opportunity because you haven't had a chance since the beginning to talk about this and i know you've been writing about it so everybody go check that out but uh i don't know if you wanted to just if you had any other specific thoughts uh, you wanted to share. I just wanted to get like the hot topics yeah, out of the um, way first. But. I think that it's very difficult to judge this kind of show until everything is over and done with, you know, because this kind of show deals very explicitly in metaphor, in surrealism, in, you know, a story that is perhaps more emotionally compelling than, you know, a very carefully constructed plot. And... As I said, I think they're dealing with a lot of very tricky subjects. You know, we're talking about abuse, we're talking about self-harm, suicide, body image, all of these sort of things, you know. And that's difficult, and I applaud them for approaching difficult topics, but it does mean that you really have to be on your game with this stuff. And 
I think they've done great work so far and I really want them to take this story to a point where they have something to say and can sort of close it up emotionally because I think that's the most difficult part right at the end of the day you have to you have to answer at least some of the questions I'm not saying you have to answer all of them but you have to answer some of them and provide some measure of closure and I think that's even more important for something like this than um than something that is you know a very nuts and bolts plot and so I really like the show I think that it could go south really badly if they're not careful. Yeah. Yeah, to that point, I think the... Like, I don't care how the whole egg system It doesn't works matter. None of that matters. But the, the uh, we, we we do need resolution on each of the f- four girls, basically, of what's and, going on with them. And I don't think that, 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 need, that, that but... doesn't necessarily need to be positive resolution. I mean, I will be astonished if this show ends with anybody coming back to life. You know, like, right. I... No, I think that would actually be a bad be move. Kind of like, but there has to be some kind of yeah. closure. I mean, I think the the obvious, you know, the obvious cliche route to go is this is a journey about learning to accept loss. You know, but um, but the show has to say something. You know, I think that it is saying a lot of the right things so far. But it, you know, I I think the the difficulty with these shows is that you know a lot of people dislike them because they perceive more ambiguity than substance and i think to counteract those sort of accusations you do have to make your message clear and that doesn't mean tying up every loose end or you know explaining how the eggs work or who the dummies are and you know meticulously laying out every plot twist but it does mean that you have to bring your individual emotional stories to a close and that's very tricky right um yeah i mean i actually don't think they're being ambiguous at all honestly um that was kind of the, the main thing that shocked me after, by the time we hit, like, episode two or three, because I, I was kind of thinking this would be a more of something kind of a weird, surreal type of show. And it has, like, weird visual elements to it, but, like, I don't feel like thematically there's any, like, question of what No, <laughs> what, I, I mean, I think that it. it's I but, think that it's weird and surreal in the, in the sense that it is not, you know, anime in general, but also, like, the trend in modern storytelling is to explain things very... Uh, comprehensive. Right. There's there's not a lot of info dumping yeah. for sure, but but they give you enough like hard it's, clues. It's certainly not as abstract on. as something like Utena, for example. Right. It's not right. We're not on Ikahara level. No, although although you know there are there are traces of his style. You know they have clearly seen his work, but no, it's not quite right. not quite that sort of out there. Yeah. I, I did want to mention, because one thing I was thinking about when I was watching these two episodes, um, I think particularly in episode four, when they kind of uh, deal with the one girl who, uh, I guess, was like molested or yeah. something. I, I don't know what the details were, but the I, I think she literally says, I was molested. Yeah, that's the, the episode, first thing so she that, says. that was a real bang. Um, but <laughs> I, I started thinking about um, Oh, Maidens in Your Savage Season. And obviously, there's a wildly different show, but I, both of them do kind of center on uh, the challenges that young women face as they're entering adulthood, yeah. a lot of that being sexualized by adults or whatever. And one thing I've kind of noticed with Wonder Egg is like, like, Oh Maidens was a mess for sure. 
but it very much felt like it was being told as a first-hand account like because it's because yeah. it, it was yes. written by a woman and i don't necessarily get that feeling from yeah. wonder Egg. because it's not written by a woman yeah. yeah because it's not written by a woman and i feel like i can tell the difference and like this was me trying to dig because i'm trying to dig deep on why i don't like i i, I like this show a lot but i'm trying to like dig deep like why i like something just feels slightly off to me i still. think i think you and, know in response to that point i think there's a couple of things uh omaidens is obviously clearly a story rooted in reality or what passes for you know a fictional version of reality you know and and right. it is messy and complicated and weird in the way that, um, you know. I mean, some of the things that happened in Omidens is like lifted directly from Mario's yeah, biography, like pretty much. Biography. So, so, like, yeah. I mean, I I think that, and and again, this is sort of the problem that people have had with some of Ikuhara's work and stuff, is that, you know, I I think Wonder Egg resembles those works in the sense that. It's less a story about individual characters and more the ideas that those characters represent, if that makes sense, you know. And right. and I think that means you do lose a certain amount of personal connection to the characters, you know. I think they can be harder to empathise with because they represent... It's almost like I would say authenticity. Yes, absolutely. Like it, and yeah. I don't necessarily think that Wonder Egg is going for that authenticity. I think it is going for, you know, a very dreamlike stage managed feel you know this is kind of like a a fantasy writ large you know a very very loose story where they aren't necessarily going for verisimilitude you know it's meant to be a stream of consciousness thing and i think you know i think there are plenty of people who don't like that and i think there's even people like yourself joe who do like that but regret what comes from it which is a loss of sort of that messiness a loss of that sort of uh, groundedness. Yeah, I feel like just in this something, and I'm still I'm probably going to be fighting with this for the rest of the run of the show, but like, something about that is just not working for me as well in this scenario. Like, I don't like, I, I don't feel like I, can, like I can't, I almost can't find something that they're doing bad. It's just something is just not good enough if that makes yeah. sense to me about it and it, like, that's what I'm trying to and, and I under- figure out, and, and that I under- started to. Oh, sorry. I started to go down that path this week as I was as we were covering some of these topics. Um, that's kind of where my brain was going with it. I I understand your concerns, but I will say I don't share them, and I think that's because I think that the show is doing enough, you know, investing in the individual characters to to make me want to see what happens to them, you know. And I think what it loses in authenticity, it gains in a certain... Um, there's there's a sort of charming... I don't want to say innocence, but sort of naivete about it, you know. And I, I think that, you know, it, it's very difficult to separate that from, like, is that just the character... You know, the writers making the characters deliberately moe through helplessness or something like that, you know. But... I think to counter your point, I'd point to the most recent episode, episode five, um, where, you know, it is mostly more grounded real world stuff, you know, and it ends with, you know, Rika asking the obvious question, which is, we're doing okay, should we just let this go? And I think that is an obvious question that needed to be asked, and I'm pleased that they addressed the topic head on. You know, and I think by showing right. these four, you know, bond as a friendship group, I think it does bring it back to earth a little bit. You know, I think that there is a little bit more of that everyday feel to it in that case. Yeah, 
And I do think episode five was probably one of the strongest ones yet because, and it's encouraging because now we have like the mm. full cast. And so I'm kind of like waiting to see over the next couple episodes, how they, now they take advantage. Now that everyone's been introduced and we kind of all have their, you know, their little bits of backstory we've been given and what's motivating them, you know, how is that going to work out moving forward? Yeah, and, so, and to uh, address a specific critique I've seen floating about, you know, I've seen some people argue that Rika truly is heartless because she wants to abandon her quest and just, you know, um, go back to her normal life. But I think that speaks to, you know, how badly she is hurting. You know, she wants to leave this pain behind, but she can't. Yeah, we we brought up some of my concerns with her character mm, last yeah. time. Um and I I've mostly made peace with her, but it's real I, hard. I think it's important <laughs> that she is shown as imperfect, if that makes sense, you know. Right. I mean my my point my my main thing that I kept telling myself was like these are these are supposed to still yes. be children, right? Like and there's there's uh, only a certain level of accountability for someone at that age who's been through what she's been through. I think through. it's really telling I, that I, like, I, when she's alone with Nauru just before the controversial scene we talked about earlier, she pretty much falls into exactly the same script that she used when she first met Ai. You know, like she tries to run right. the same grift. Uh, she She's sort of locked right. into these patterns of behavior because it's all she knows. Right. I think... I think it's been better over time. I just when she was initially introduced, it kind of felt like, oh, she cuts herself, so you know she's clearly got problems. And I, I think now that we've had more opportunity to get to know her a little bit more, it, it like her character makes a little more sense. But like, it, it again, the show likes to tiptoe around a lot of landmines, <laughs> and I'd say like ninety percent of the time they've. I, I mean, they've do you mean tiptoe around so. in the sense that they're not addressing them? Because I feel like they are addressing them. No, I mean not not. I yeah. mean not setting them off. Yeah. yeah, like you're you're navigating them correctly and not like saying something stupid like uh, you know women have different brains or whatever. Mm. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's it's, uh, it's tricky, yeah. you know, and I I think. You know, I, I think it's difficult because, you know, anime has a history of taking problems and either making them into this is extremely cool or this is an excuse for us to go to town on violence or fan service or whatever, you know. And right. and they're trying hard to buck that trend. I think they've been mostly respectful in the way that they've depicted the various forms of abuse that people have been through, you know, and... And the show has been generally good about not ogling and kind of like rubbernecking on on that kind of stuff, which I do appreciate because it does happen so rarely, quite frankly. Um, I, right. I think, and they've had opportunities, yeah, absolutely. But and I yeah, think when you're um, telling a story about abuse, it's very difficult to tell a story about abuse without showing abuse, if that makes sense. But I think they've sort of walked that line fairly well in terms of showing enough to make it effective but also you know mitigating that by talking and, and trying to understand it right all right well again i i don't want anyone to misconstrue my criticisms as this is a bad show it just those are my thoughts yeah. are my thoughts on it it's i still think it's great though um and i definitely want to see like you said zig a lot of this is going to ride on how yeah, they close I'm, this up. I'm fascinated so to see where they take it. 
I'm feeling good about it, but hope, but you know, hopefully they keep, uh, absolutely. All right. From the sublime uh, to the ridiculous. Let's just real quick. I wanted to zig since you're on. I wanted to give you an opportunity to put a bullet in common. Yeah, uh, we're still gonna we're still gonna fit this segment in. It's it's terrible, (laughs) you know. And the you you can just you can read the post. Yeah, I I mean the major thing is it stopped being bad in an entertaining way. You know, at the beginning it was oh my god, how much worse can this get? And the answer is actually way worse, but also it will stop being (laughs) interesting. You know, it's just very bad it's so bad you know that it's beyond saving at this point you know and everything they do just makes it worse they're firmly locked into these patterns of you know shallow storytelling and nothing characters and it's you know i i had initially hoped i was going to see it through to the end document every moment of this downfall but it's just boring man you know it's just nothing happens nobody develops you know there's never any actual tension or danger or character development it just sucks and it's so so disappointing you know it's so disappointing especially after they did so well last year you know last year's Kamen Rider Zero One was you know a real rebirth in terms of making these shows interesting and appealing you know and and (laughs) I, I I remember uh when that ended, I said, "Have fun uh, with Common Rider being bad yeah, for seven years or something yeah. like that." I mean, <laughs> and here we go. The thing, you know, the thing I would like to <laughs> add that to is, you know, obviously these are shows for young children, and you know they exist to sell toys and stuff like that. But that doesn't mean you can't make a good and interesting show, you know. And and you know, yep. there have been previous Common Rider shows that have walked that balance extremely well, you know. And that means that they continue to have appeal long past their date their date you know and you can you know you can come back to them and sell people expensive collectibles and shit like that but um you know and by all accounts you know even with its target audience this thing is going down like a lead balloon you know you you hear nothing but bad word of mouth out of japan on it you know the ratings are apparently poor and it's just it's just a shocking level of incompetence on every single in every single way you know, it's it's sad. It's really yeah. sad. All right. Well, if you want full details, go <laughs> check out the post for the full breakdown. But uh, you know, we can put yeah. that one. Put that. See one, you uh, next year, guys. Here. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, criminal always returns to the scene of the crime. Right. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it then for this episode. A little bit of a long one, but we have a lot of. That's a good thing. Say, There's lots of anime so. happening and. Most of it is interesting. We had to, we had to set the record. Yes, we, we had to get that on tape. So, yeah. um, All right. Well, let's do our usual housekeeping. Check us out at theglorioblog.com. Follow us on Twitter at theglorioblog. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher, and uh, YouTube. We're... We're one subscriber away from getting our URL. Oh, I think. So oh, boy. please subscribe if you haven't already. Um, and, you know, like, comment, ring the bell. I don't know. You guys know how all this stuff Create works. Create community engagement uh, so that we get recommended higher by the algorithm. Yeah, you know, yeah. tell tell us what you think in the comments below. Uh, Send us scathing personal critique. Uh, you know, I, I, I really want... I, I, 
I want yeah, I I I feel like I haven't had anybody come after me in a while. I want somebody. To I mean, come somebody after me, posted so, uh... on that four-year-old saga of Tanya the Evil post criticizing Aqua and I for making it all about Nazis when that show is all about Nazis. So yeah, that show's pretty yeah, much all so about Nazis. Sorry, random angry about. internet dude, but uh, you know your yeah. pithy one-line argument did not change my mind. Y'all, y'all are talking about like making clickbait when we all know the real answer about how we could get more subscribers, and that's me and Eero finally do uh. Legend of the Glorious <laughs> Heroes guy Dan. You know that's what it is, right? Like you know that's. I, the I, I, I think. We I mean, what do does a, Legend um... of the Glorious Heroes guy Dan involve? Like, aren't there only like thirteen episodes of Dinoya Tessa? No, no, we made no, no. The guy Dan OVAs. <laughs> This is the old OVAs. There was like another hundred. Wait, what? How am I yeah. only just hearing about? Like, I, like, I, I think it's more like fifty-ish. I think it's like two twenty-six. Like, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of episodes of like side Jeez. story stuff, right? But, side uh, stories, prequels, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I, I think we should do a, a gun sword mini series. That would really pull in the uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, hit those top <laughs> demographics. Uh, all right. Well, tell your friends. Gundam tell podcast your about how Zion was in fact wrong. <laughs> Yeah, right. Now you right. see, Iro, the friends, noble intent and, uh, of Zeon was perverted. <sighs> I'm yeah, wrapping this podcast going. up. I'm stopping recording. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Take it easy, y'all.